0: Welcome to the Fan Fight Podcast. I am Danielle, and I am joined, as always, by FanBytes wrestling section head LB Hunk Tears. Hey. And as always, we discuss all things punchy, kicky, and wrassly, which is pro wrestling and MMA. But today, we have a very special guest this week and a special episode. Yeah, we're on episode six. Feel like it's time now to actually look at things like the rules. Like, what the hell are the rules of MMA? So today we're welcoming Jaime Perea onto the podcast. He's an MMA fighter. He's a submission grappler. He's the co-owner of Chop and Chop's MMA. So that means he's also my coach and my good friend. So Jaime, welcome to the podcast.
1: What's up, guys? Thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited. I've always wanted to uh, have a Perea brother on the podcast. And uh, I don't have a favorite Perea brother. Um, I never will because no, I love all-
1: both. Yeah, it's we're, we're always, like, tied. We're always tied for <laughs> favorites and least favorites.
0: Tied for favorite and least favorite. I like yeah. that very much. Uh, Jaime is here specifically to talk about the rules of MMA, and we're looking at a specific fight today. Uh, the very, very controversial fight between Jon Jones and Matt Hamill. Uh, Jaime, do you want to, like, give us a little bit of background and, and how you picked this fight?
1: Yeah, so uh I think this fight is like uh a little bit like notorious for being controversial specifically because of rules. Yeah. Um and a specific rule is the the 12 to 6 elbow, which is the move that John Jones did to get himself disqualified. Yeah. Yeah. So John Jones is um arguably the greatest mixed martial arts fighter on the planet. Um, very good. Yeah, so he's um uh, he fights at 205 pounds um, in the UFC, which uh, a lot of people believe the UFC is like the top top level for talent in MMA. Yeah. And he is viewed as like the top of the top. So he's been champion for a very, very long time. He's actually the, the record holder for the youngest champion in the UFC.
2: Yeah. Damn.
1: And he only has one loss on his record, <sighs> um, and it is this fight.
0: <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit.
1: Um, really? Yeah. So it's it's like in MMA it is incredibly rare. Incredibly rare to be undefeated.
2: For over um, a decade,
1: no yeah. less. Yeah, not not just over a decade, but at, at at the championship level. So he's been fighting Yeah, that's incredible. Ve- yeah, he's been fighting the elite of his division um his whole his whole career. And uh you know the only the only two blemishes are one is a loss. And another one is a no contest because he won the fight via knockout. Uh, and then after the fight, there were some uh, questionable substances found in his blood. Yes. And his, yeah. uh, and his USADA tests. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, this is viewed as uh, controversial because, um, you know, if you watch the fight, he was basically winning. He was like beating ass. He was beating down Matt Hamill. Yeah. Um, just mounted him, full mount, just dropping bombs, dropping fists, dropping elbows. And one of those elbows was a no-no, which is yeah. the 12 to 6 elbow, um, which if you talk to any, any any MMA fan, they'll consider this like the dumbest of all the, <laughs> the rules.
2: Yeah. So is this still the rule that, that's still not allowed?
1: Yeah. It is. So, so the rules of MMA, it's a little bit, uh, kind of, kind of a history because, uh, you know, MMA is not that old of a sport. So, right. um, it's, uh, I think mainstream, um, maybe like 30, no mainstream, maybe like, uh, less than 20 years or so, but, uh, um, in, in its creation as we know it now, it's like less than 30 years, I would say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I know yes. 1993 is like a year people give. It's not like an official thing, but like that's UFC one. So it's like, all right, that's that's the uh, famous Gracie versus um, God. What's his face? Like the, you know, Gracie and a gi comes out <laughs> doing like cool jujitsu. Right. Against like a more of a sort of street fighter uh, kind of uh, style. Right. Yeah.
1: It was like Gracie's versus the world.
0: Almost. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the original UFC in 1993 was like a, um, uh, they they um, they marketed as like no rules, but uh, I think the first UFC had like no. There, there's always like a handful of rules. Like there's no eye gouging, so you can't right. you can't claw someone's eyes out. Uh, there was no biting, and I want to say there was no like um, groin shots or hair pulling in the first one, and then the second one they removed that rule. <laughs>
0: God. Yeah,
2: but that was
1: about it. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Um, So you can pull hair. Yeah, in the first couple of UFCs, you would you would have guys with ponytails come in, um, and then like by the third UFC, everyone was with a buzz cut because yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you grab like a handful of hair, you basically hold the person's head with that, and just use your other hand to like try to smash their face in. And, And and you know this was before any sort of regulation, so there's no weight classes. There's oh, no God, yeah. drug testing. There's no um, uniform requirements. So some people had uh, had geese on like the martial arts uniform. Some people had like tights on. It didn't matter.
0: I like this is a slight aside and we're going to go much deeper into actual rules. But a gi specialist. I bet they could still kick a lot of ass in MMA. Like doing, yeah. like if they were genuinely like great at the gi, not like anybody's going to pull guard in MMA, but like if you got there and you got like a loop choke or something, like one of those like just amazing uh, chokes you can do with the gi. I bet you could still actually use that viably.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yes and no. Like the the thing was the gi. Um, LB is that like uh, you know when when you're wearing this jacket uh, in jujitsu, um. In in gi jujitsu, uh, people actively grab it and they try to like strangle yeah. you with it. You know, well, they use it like to control parts of your body.
2: Um, okay, I so- I haven't seen anybody do that. I like I'm I'm like picturing like uh th- like uh, picturing like throws and stuff with the gi. I've seen yeah. people do that, yeah. but I'm yeah. trying to picture like uh, a gi choke. Well like imagine that somebody you're
1: wearing a jacket you know okay. with with the collars around your neck and somebody literally grabs those collars wraps it around your neck and tightens it.
2: Oh shit, you can do that? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that owns.
0: <laughs> the one time I've ever fainted in uh in jiu-jitsu from a choke was definitely that. I have never never fainted before with anything else but it was with a lapel choke for sure.
2: Yeah, I, I bet <laughs> that sounds like a very easy to choke someone to unconsciousness kind of situation. It, it, yeah.
1: yeah, it's deceiving because like, you know, there's there's different types of chokes. So like you have, uh, I think like the, the two main ones are blood chokes and air chokes. Yeah. Uh, air choke is when someone's restricting you from breathing. So you can recognize when someone's choking you, right? You're holding your breath. You have like a, a, an amount of time before you actually pass out. It's like, think about holding your breath. Yeah. Um, but the blood chokes is deceiving because they're pinching parts of your neck, and you're breathing in and out, so you think that you're fine, and then a few seconds later, you're you're taking a nap.
0: You're
2: dreaming. Yeah. I have de- <laughs> I have definitely seen people not know they were going to pass out and then pass out because yeah. of the blood <laughs> chokes. So yeah. when when
1: Danielle says like, "Oh, I, I've you know I fainted or I've gotten passed out from a collar choke," it's like, "Yeah, it only took like five or six seconds." Yep. Yeah. So someone wraps the, the cloth around your neck, they squeeze it, and then five seconds later you're just snoring.
0: Yep. You're having a nice little dream.
1: Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. dream when you pass you out? Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you, it's super you have the weird. sensation. Yeah. You have the sensation of like, oh, I'm I'm waking up, and there's a couple of moments where you're confused as to like, why are you here? Like, where are we? Yeah. What's going on?
0: Yeah, it's so super yeah. weird.
1: Your mind travels, it's inception.
0: It it is. It's very weird. I was I felt like I was floating a little bit. Like I had that like sleepy floating feeling, and I was like halfway aware that there were other people rolling around me, and then I was like, "What the fuck just happened?" And then I told my <laughs> training partner, "Like, oh, I just went out," and he was like, "Oh my god, are you okay? Are you all right?" And I was like, "I'm good. Let's keep going." But I think I looked really spacey, so he was like, "Are you sure?"
2: <laughs> but it was yeah, yeah that sounds wild. I kind of uh, funny. I, I forgot what wrestler, what pro wrestler it was who said that he, when he gets uh, concussed, he always sees a like a log ceiling. <laughs> oh, wow. I think it might be Chuck hell? Taylor who said that. Wow. De-
1: definitely not good.
2: Yeah, <laughs> no, really seem yeah. not good. <laughs> so, seem great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not good. Not good. Yeah. So, Danielle,
1: the, the concept of the gi, right, like originally the yeah. UFC was just made for like promotions for sure. Gracie, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu system. It was the, basically like a way for them to promote their martial arts style and schools
0: yeah.
1: um, to kind of show like, hey, guys, uh, you know, it was like um, kind of like kickboxer, you know, like uh, you have all these different martial arts styles and they're going to get together in a no holds barred fighting tournament. And we're gonna see what's the best martial arts style. That was the the mentality for their marketing. Wow! And uh, they had like you know um, karate, uh, boxers. They had um, Ken Shamrock, who uh, ultimately became a pro wrestler.
2: Yes, in, yes. In J-
1: in Japan, in the in the uh, in the WWF. And uh, so that they had all these different styles get together, and Gracie Jiu Jitsu, which is now is known as like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu um, uh, came out on top and he was like, um, you know, Hoist Gracie was the representative from the family and he was like by far the smallest competitor. Yeah. Yeah. He was like 180 something pounds. Um, not very muscular, uh, not very athletic looking. He just looked like a in shape guy who did jujitsu. Um, but you know, he was able to just uh, throw everyone on the floor, get on top of them, and just choke them.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah.
1: So then, uh, you know, Gr- Gracie Jiu-Jitsu School started blowing up after that. And then they were like, this is so fucking awesome. Let's do another. There was an eight-man tournament. They was like, let's do another one. Let's do 16 men. So UFC 2 was like, you know, more fighters and more, more styles, more people. And again, Hoist Gracie went in, just choked everybody out. <laughs> and uh so after that goals. like yeah that's yeah. that's how it, how it like kicked off
2: so Jeez. ultimate fighter that makes a lot more sense that they would choose that name if it, in a tournament of people doing a bunch of different fight styles yeah yeah, yeah
1: the okay. ultimate fighting championships that.
2: yeah that was that it was i'm telling you it's like a 90s action
1: think of all those like karate movies from the 90s that was <laughs> yeah that was what they were trying to like mimic because like they, awesome. they, who, wh- why do it in a cage instead of a ring Right. You know? Just to make it look like, oh, wow, this is oh, like Oh, would make it look cool for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The,
1: yeah. Art Davey, who's like one of the people who put the first UFC together, his original design was they wanted to have like a moat around the cage.
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Why with, they with do the moat.
1: Yeah, with alligators inside of it.
0: With alligators?
2: Yes. No fucking way. Yeah.
1: He was a dreamer. He was a dreamer. and He was wire a genius. Ca- yeah.
2: <laughs> Has anyone ever done a moat with alligators? I don't. I mean, in movies, yeah? No, in, in, in UFC. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. They are stupid. They are dumb to. Like, is they, do, they have, do they have like a big anniversary coming up where they could pull that out?
1: Oh, man. They should, right? Like, they really maybe should. UFC 250 or something. <laughs>
0: that would be sick. Just take it old
1: school. So, just so, like bring it back. <laughs> yeah, so the reason that some guys wore a gi was just because their martial art, you know, that's what they wore. That makes in sense. In their martial art. And, uh, you know, the jiu-jitsu guys, um, wh- one of the mentalities was it was like, you know, when, when you're wearing clothing and you end up like uh, um, cl- getting close enough to like grab someone, your, your instinct is to, like grab. Yeah. So if you're covered in fabric, the person's instinct is to grab you and to hold on to you. And in jujitsu, it's kind of one of the tactics is like, if you're holding my hand if you're holding my arm, okay, yes, you're controlling my arm in some way, but in some way I'm controlling your arm as well. We're connected. You know? Yeah. So that was one of the ideologies of of it. It was like, oh shit, if someone's close enough to grab me, instinctually they'll they might feel fabric and grab it and instead of trying to punch me or trying to get away from me, they'll be grabbing me and trying to get me closer, which is kind of like one of the goals in jujitsu is to get close enough for you to to grapple, you want to get close enough to negate all of the punches and kicks. Right. Yeah, yeah and that's that's, nice. that's kind of what happened. Jo- Hoist Gracie gets on top of people. They they wrap their arms around him. You know, they fall down, and instead of trying to separate each other to stand back up, they they just hold on because they're like, I don't want you to move, so I'm just gonna hold you and yeah. just feed feeding him into his plan.
0: It's so yeah. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I want to watch some
2: of this stuff. This sounds great. Yeah, yeah it's honestly, we yeah. should do
0: that for uh, for future episodes. Like, go back yeah. and do some early, early UFC because there's some wild, wild shit in there. Yeah. and I, I wanna, like, want to like I want to
2: watch some Pancras with you also, which is like yes. a weird hybrid uh, pro wrestling, proto MMA shoot yeah. fight thing. That, yeah, that's absolutely. the
1: that's the organization that Ken Shamrock was involved in.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Pankras, uh, Minoru yeah. Suzuki founded it. Yes,
2: so. yes.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Pancreas yeah. still exists. It's I think it's just MMA now, but it's, yeah. uh, yeah. I, I watch it every now and then. Like, I'll just put it on. I, yeah. Fight Suzuki House is still doing
2: pro yeah. wrestling. He's oh, in Japan now. Yep.
0: Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh,
2: it'd be fun to do. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll discuss this, but he's, yeah, he's an interesting one. Cause he like, will do very legitimate fighting stuff. And then also, uh, he did a wrestling match in a river bank once that he, <laughs> right, at the end it, it's revealed he's a cyborg. Good. Oh, damn. Extremely good. <laughs> damn, he gave up the secrets. Yeah. Well, it was against, it was against this um, robot mummy named Mecha Mummy. So okay. right, like, so it was the only way that he could beat yeah. him.
0: It's a fair yeah. fight. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, so Jaime, it, it sounds like, yeah, MMA started with like almost no rules, that whole no holds barred thing. And then by like middle mainstream, I guess I, I'd call this like early 2000s when it starts to become a little more mainstream when like people have really, you know, UFC is a household name at, at some point, right? Like, yeah. I'm going to call that early 2000s. I, I, you know, I obviously don't know like the day it became mainstream. That's not necessarily a quantifiable thing. But yeah. around that time, the rules, you know, there were several organizations. There was UFC, there was WEC, uh, you know, there was Strike Force, There were, you know, several organizations that were very like highly touted were the rules a little more unified at that point, or was it still a little bit kind of, okay, this um, might be okay here, this might be okay there?
1: So at this point, there were unified rules, um, okay. but for the most part, but even before that, so like, you know, let's say like uh, early 90s, mid 90s is when the UFC started started making it popular in the US. Mm. Um, but, you know, in Brazil and Japan, those were like, I would say, big hubs for MMA. Yeah. And yeah. each, each Region of the world kind of had like their own little rules, um, but as far as the UFC, which is like the biggest one in the U.S., uh, what happened was like they would—they're in charge of the rules. Right? No one's in, No one's overseeing them. There's no regulations. It's not like baseball where there's a commission.
0: Yeah. You know. Right.
1: Um. So so they kind of like adjusted the rules based on things that happened. Uh, so for example, one one fighter, Tank Abbott. At one, one of his early – like, he, he picked up a guy off the ground and tried to throw him out over the cage into the <laughs> audience.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So the next UFC, they were like, okay, guys, new rule. You can't throw your opponent <laughs> out, of the, <laughs> out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, a, another one, I think it was Tank Abbott also, he, like, prevented himself from – they're just trying to make the fights exciting, you know? So, yeah. so one of the guys, he held on to the cage – it's a chain link fence. So he just held on to it and he buried his face in it to avoid getting punched and getting choked. And it just ended up in a boring match. So then the next, the next I UFC. I saw
0: that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The
1: next UFC, they were like, okay, now you can't hold on to the cage. That's illegal now.
0: Right. So, what an interesting so like,
2: methodology so for picking rules. Yeah, yeah, right?
1: Just, just to keep the fights exciting, right? Exciting as in like keep, keep it dangerous for the fighters. Um, So, so that kind of happened up until like the late nineties where more states started outlawing these events because they were, you know, they were, they were deemed as human cockfighting. Uh, So more and more states were outlawing it, outlawing, outlawing it. And then the company that owned the UFC, SEG was going bankrupt because they weren't they weren't housing many events. They, they had trouble um, fundraising. No one wanted to sponsor them. No one wanted to be associated with, like, barbaric human cockfighting. That's how it was viewed as. Yeah, yeah. And then the the Zufa, which is um, the Lorenzo brothers and Dana White, so the people who bought the UFC and, like, made it mainstream, they bought it and... Um, you know, one of the Lorenzo brothers was like on the athletic um the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Sure. So so he had his connections there and he was like, Okay, guys, listen, I'm gonna buy this company. If we're able to regulate it somehow and make it legal, um and house fights in in Las Vegas, um, we might be able to keep this company alive. So yeah. they got together with a bunch of uh people from the Athletic Commission, you know, the Nevada yeah. State Athletic Commission, yeah. some doctors, um, uh, a bunch of like uh, referees and judges um, and they sat together and it was almost like a negotiation between the different parties as to what the first rules of MMA were.
0: Oh, interesting!
1: And that's why some, some rules, we view them as silly but back in the day, it was like they, they had to pick their battles. So right. they're like, OK, guys, we'll allow this rule, but you have to keep this rule. You know, that's that's how it all started. Wow. So um, one of the rules that that they that they implemented was the 12 to 6 elbow. So if you don't understand what the 12 to 6 elbow is, um, it's basically, uh, you know, you you're make a fist with your hand. You, you raise your arm straight up to the sky. And you drop your elbow down, like your arm down, from north to south, right? So from the top to the bottom.
0: So right. So like if, twelve if, to six on a clock. Yeah. yeah. Like boom. So
1: so yeah. So if I go direct now, now it's very specific with the angle, right? Twelve to six. That's the only elbow that's illegal. I'm going straight down. Yeah. So if I move my arm and throw it sideways a little bit, so like let's say you know eleven to five, that's that's completely legal. So wild yeah
2: <laughs> is there like any reason so i'm doing this right now and like yes. 12 you're to 6 lying.
0: yeah i mean maybe so, just
2: because i'm sitting in an office chair and i'm a weak person but like yeah. 12 to 6 seems like it would be the like less impactful than like 11 to 5 yeah <laughs> so
1: it's like if you're you, you picturing like a truck driver and you know you're yeah. like honk honk that's the 12 to 6 yeah. elbow honk, so honk. <laughs> Um, the, you know, it, it, it's, it's always hard to know what people were thinking. Um, sure, but, uh, sure. the story is that, uh, you know, back in the, in the, in the nineties, like on ESPN, they used to have like these karate demos on, not on ESPN, but like, uh, on, on cable TV, people would do oh, like sure. these karate demos.
0: Yeah. So, I remember watching I those. I don't know if,
1: yeah. If you've ever seen like, you know, they have like a whole bunch of huge blocks of ice layered on top of each other. And then you got oh. the karate guy standing in the front of it, and he's concentrating. And then he goes, "Yeah!" Boom! And then jumps <laughs> up, and he drops that twelve to six elbow and breaks all those blocks of ice. So some of the some of the doctors and some of the commission people saw those videos, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! This this move is obviously deadly." <laughs> you know, like we can't, we can't. This this can't. So so the commissions and the fighters and the UFC people and the referees are like, no, like, that's not Kung Fu, like movie Kung Fu and real fighting. It's not the same thing.
2: <laughs> right. You know,
1: el- elbowing a block of ice is not the same as combat because martial yeah. arts and combat fighting are, are different things. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but, you know. And a person of course, is not
2: made of ice.
1: Exactly. Right. Yeah, right? I don't and, shatter
2: and, if I fall to the ground.
1: Right. Yeah. And like, uh. Again, you have to view this as like a negotiation. So right, they, yeah, they ours, were like, "Here yeah. on, all right, fine, whatever." Imagine just arguing over hours of over people who just don't quite understand it, right? And, yeah. and 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 again, like the most of the people in the athletic commission who are involved in this are like boxing heads. So they're they're very familiar with the sport of boxing, right? So so they're like, "Oh, okay, um, that's they're not. They, what what do they know about grappling? What do they know about?" Elbowing. Right. What do they know about full combat, right? What yeah. did anybody know? That was the fucking thing. Like in the nineties, yeah. you watch fucking Chuck Norris movies and Steven Seagal <laughs> movies, and you're like, "Wow, that's what fighting is." you right. know yeah. That's what fighting is. Is Jean Claude Van Damme doing yeah, splits? Yeah, bloodsport. Kicks. It's like yeah. we can't have this.
2: People that's what are gonna die. Is. They're exactly. gonna
0: explode in a sh- like a shoot of blood. That's what's yeah. gonna happen, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and, and then you fucking and then you you see like a hundred and eighty pound skinny Brazilian guy in his pajamas fucking choke out like three hundred pound muscle guys. Yeah, you know. So so it's like no one knew what the fuck's fighting was. No one knew what was going on. So yeah. So they came up with the first rule, the unified rules of MMA, and uh, you know L- L- Las Vegas, like Nevada, uh, okayed it, and then New Jersey okayed it. And, um, you know, over the years, more and more states were like, okay, fine. You can have like a a commission that oversees the events. So now it's no longer like the Wild West. Now you have weight weight classes. You have uniform requirements. You have commissions. So you're like, you know, if you're like 30 fights in, you're not going to be paired up with the guy who's like on his first or second fight. Right. Yeah. Um, And uh, it, it kind of started that way. Getting, yeah. getting spread around. Yeah. This was it's, like um, in the very early 2000s. I think it was like 2001. Okay. Yeah. So it's still it's not so mainstream. Cold. It's still underground. But the UFC had an agreement with Spike TV, which was a cable TV company. Yes. And they had a reality show. Because at that time, that was like fucking all the rage, right? That's when yeah. um, the Osbournes came out. Yeah. And before you know it, now it's like everyone's doing reality shows. So the UFC is like, I'm going to do a reality show um, to promote myself. And they created The Ultimate Fighter, which is a reality show with a bunch of fighters are stuck in a house, you know, and every week they pick two of them to fight.
2: Wait, that's what that was?
1: Yeah. They they were stuck in a house? Yeah, they live in a house (laughs) with no TV, no cell phones, no whatever. And they give them all the food and alcohol they want. And, you know, drama ensues. And uh, instead of, and they're like physical competitions, like the real world, right? Except they have to fight each other. And it ends up becoming a tournament. And the ultimate fighter was the person who won that tournament. So they had two different weight classes.
0: Oh my God, Um, that's right.
2: That's so absurd. I'm sorry, I (laughs) thought it was like a, I always thought it was like a competition, like just a, like a regular competition show to see, like, who the next... I feel it was, like, the America's... I guess America it is, like, top model. It's, that, oh, my God. A yeah. little bit, yeah. That's
1: what it turned into.
2: That's fucking wild. Yeah,
1: but that's how it started. So, so the winner of the tournament is going to have a guaranteed contract into the UFC. So they were fighting for that. Because, you know, regional MMA fighters nowadays... You might make a couple of hundred dollars a fight, and you're only fighting a couple of times a year. And right. at that time, at that time, forget it. That's like, you know, 15 years ago, MMA was even less popular, so they weren't they weren't making any money. All of these guys are like, they they you know they fight part time. They're trying to make it. Yeah. So the Super reality dramatic. show was yeah. yeah. So the the rating the ratings spiked in the finale. So the finale was basically like a free UFC card that they put on right. Spike TV. So, so it, it's by everybody was calling like, yo, you got to turn this channel. These guys are beating the shit out of each other. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) So that show was a major hit for them and it made the UFC mainstream. I'm using quotes there, mainstream. Sure. And that's how it became more popular. That's kind of how it began growing into what it is now, you know, cut to like uh, 10 years later and the UFC signs a an agreement with Fox. So now they're no longer on cable TV. Now that they're on Fox, you know, and now they're on fucking regular TV. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And now they're getting,
1: yeah, they're getting bigger sponsorships. They're getting, they're getting more attention. It's no longer like underground fighters. They're now, okay. They're just like MMA guys. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple years after that, I think it was like five years after that, they signed their, their, uh, contract with ESPN. So now they're on fucking ESPN. They're a legit sport. So legit I'm sports, to all
0: this. Oh yeah. yeah, sorry. Go
1: ahead. No, legit sports needs legit rules.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, 2017, the UFC and uh, you know a couple of athletic commissions, um, they they got together to revise the rules. Um, so, f- about three years ago, they they created what's now known as the Unified Rules of MMA. And that's what's the rules that are active now that they deem the safest. Yeah. So they're, they're, uh, that's what they're operating on. Even Does anybody though,
2: operate outside those rules?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the unified rules of MMA are not so unified. Uh, in the United States, every state has an athletic commission with their own set of rules. So not every state has adopted the rules. Okay. So uh, yeah. some, some are using the old rules and some states are using the new rules. And that's just the U.S., right? So the UFC tries to go by those rules every time they hold an event. But, you know, in Japan, MMA rules are a little bit different. Right. Um, And, like, different countries have, like, different rules. They're, for the most part, are, like, kind of the same, but uh, little little differences here and there.
0: Yeah. And then, of course, there's also uh, the rise now, a little bit of submission grappling being a little bit more... Uh, popular. And other sports, like kickboxing, also a little bit more popular because MMA has become so much popular, so people are watching the other sports that kind of feed into it in a lot of ways. That makes
2: sense. Definitely. Does anybody still doing, like, I'm still stuck on and wanting to see the 185-pound guy in pajamas choking out the 300-pound muscle man. Is anyone still doing (laughs) that? (laughs) That's submission
0: grappling!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's no weight classes in submission grappling?
0: Uh, there are, but there are also open weight. Uh, yeah. Okay, open weight. Absol- it's called absolute, right? Jaime, Jaime you want to take this? Because you uh, you compete more in uh, e- submission grappling as well.
1: E- so. Yeah, yeah. Sub- submission grappling um, or like competitive jiu-jitsu. Uh, so there are weight classes as well, but there are also open weight tournaments. Um, and those are usually broken down by the gender. And yeah. um, for the most part by like rank. I'm using rank in quotes uh, because who's to say that you're a white belt, but that person next to you is a black belt, right? There's yeah. no, like, there's nobody overseeing that. Right. right. So. Uh,
0: At one school, you could be a white belt for, you know, years and years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and in another school, like yeah. my brother's 1st jujitsu school, he was a blue belt in six months. Yep, and then he started competing against blue belts from other schools, which is like the second belt, LB. Um, that's that's okay. what I am. Yeah. Just yeah, for yeah, for the
0: record. Yeah.
1: So so, uh, you could be competing. You know, a six months person could be competing. I, I, I had my blue belt until I was doing jujitsu for over six years. Yeah. So imagine me doing it for six years, competing against someone who's been doing it for six months. There's oh. there's no there's no
0: yeah. You know you can't yeah, compare the two. That, that
1: sounds terrible.
0: <laughs> so it's. <laughs>
1: It's all, you know, it's like all amateur tournaments. Like some, some yeah. organizations pay their competitors. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like a, a way to grow the sport just to have For people sure, involved. Yeah. yeah like yeah. like you, you practice this sport all the time. You might as well start competing in it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know,
1: in in the safest fun. way possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's a lot of super fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. Until you get submitted a whole bunch and then you get sad. Uh and then you take a nap and then you do a lot better in your other division. So Oh yeah.
1: Hell, yeah. yeah. We all <laughs> Yeah, that like like that's the, the one of the more famous sayings phrases in jujitsu, LB, is uh, you know, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. Yep. So you, you you can't expect to choke people out if you know some people are gonna turn around and choke you out.
2: That makes yeah. sense.
1: Yeah. 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 Give and give and take.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. so now that we're talking about, I guess, amateurs, uh, because a lot of uh, grappling tournaments are, I mean, the ones that I competed in certainly are, are the amateur tournaments. Uh, there are pro tournaments, actually, like the EBI is pretty popular, Quintet. These are all on, like, Fight Pass. So, you know, there are athletes who are being paid to do this stuff, but that's really only at the very, very top. Most people who are competing in, in stuff like this uh, are amateurs. And also, Jaime... So you have uh, competed in a number of MMA fights yourself, and you coach now. You're coaching some amateur fighters. So I know yeah. the rules are a little different for amateurs in New that's York right. State. Do you want to um, kind of just go through a little bit of what those changes are? Because they're supposed to make it a little bit safer. You know, everything is in quotes, right? Yeah. To be nothing is completely safe when you're cage fighting, of course. Like that's uh, that's obvious, right? But like safer, right? Yeah,
1: that's right. So so. Um when I started fighting, it, it actually, was, MMA was illegal in New York.
0: That's um, right. It was yeah. until very recently. Yeah. yeah. I
1: think it was like, I can't remember if it was four years ago, maybe five years ago that New York yeah. legalized it. New York was the last state to, to go on board. Which is um, wild. So yeah. my brother and I, whenever we fought, we had to go to New Jersey, which for us is like, you know, just a, a drive, less than an hour driving. So you had to go into New Jersey and uh, we had a fight there. Um because uh, it was illegal. Now, that doesn't mean that fights didn't happen in New York. That just means that they were underground fights or illegal yeah. fights. That just means that New York State is not overseeing these fights. Right. That means that when, when, when you want to have an MMA event, as a promoter, you need to have licenses. Right, All your fighters have to register with the state and have a, a fight license, whether it's amateur or professional. Right? And I think these, pro wrestling
2: is the same way. Oh, yeah. With states that have uh, athletic commissions that oversee it. I mean, and New York is one of them.
1: Yeah. So so you have to have like medical checks. You have to have like um, uh, blood tests. You know, you can't have transmittable diseases and compete. You can't, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to go in with like uh, a a questionable injury, you know? Right. Right. Because then I'm putting myself in great danger. Um, You know, they'll they'll also, I, I can't. If I'm over the age of 40, um, I, have to, I, I have to require more tests. And if, I think if a professional, if you're over 30, this is in New York State. If you're over 35, you yeah. have to have like EKG and like, you know, health insurance doesn't cover these tests. So um, they, they get it's expensive to fight, right? So people who fight is because they truly have a passion for it. Yeah. It's not as lucrative as you see like the top of the top. Yeah. Um, experience. Um, so uh, we'll talk about the rules right, as they are right now, right? So it's 2020. And, and I'll specifically in New York, because every every state has its own little rule change for amateurs. But in New York, an amateur fighter, um, if you're advanced, right, which means you're on your third fight and up. Um, yeah. So you can't knee people in the head. Right, which means I can't hold you by the head and just slam my knee into your nose, Elby. Okay, yeah. Um, But but I can knee the rest of your body. Yeah. Right, and I also can't elbow your head, any elbow at all. So I can't make contact from my wrist to like my shoulder, any any part of my arm, my forearm, my tricep. I can't hit your head with any part of that arm. Wow. Um, But I can I can elbow your 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 legs, your your arms, you know, the rest of your body.
2: Where does the head start officially? So, is it like just the head or is the neck kind of included in that?
1: Yeah. So um, that's actually part of the pro rules as well as to like the, sh- the parts that you can attack. So it's like from the, from the clavicle up. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I can hit your neck, but I can't hit your throat. Got it. Sure. Right. So sure. like the Kung Fu move of like extending your fingers and like, whoa, like throat striking you. That's illegal. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. That's
1: actually legal in professional MMA as well. Um, and, uh, anything, I feel like, let's just go over the the pro rules cause the amateur sure. rules are like, a, it's almost the same. It's more just, like
0: just minus a few things, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, instead of what you're allowed to do, it, it's shorter to list what you're not allowed to do.
0: Great. Sure.
1: So you can let your imagination run wild as to how you can, um, injure somebody, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, they're not that many. It's 27. I feel like we can go through them real quick. Okay, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So number one is no headbutting. Sure. Right? Pretty obvious. Number two is no eye gouging, so I can't stick my fingers in your eye.
2: Cool.
1: Uh, number three is no spi- no biting or spitting. Mm-hmm. Right? No fish hooking. Right? Mm-hmm. A fish hook is when I stick my finger in your mouth and pull oh, it. Oh, yeah. To, to turn your face. <laughs> That's illegal. Does that...
2: Does that- uh, does a fish hook mean like any finger in mouth pulling or just the kind of cheek pull? Can you like, does it also, is a fish hook also if you like dig into the jaw? Um, I can't put it in your mouth. Nose oh, so it can't, or no ear. fingers and mouths, period. Got it. Yeah. yeah. N- mouth, nose and ear.
1: Okay. So.
0: Um, so you can't do that old wrestling thing too of like sticking the finger in the ear. Ah.
1: N- no, no. Yeah. Although that's a little hard to
0: with the gloves, really? right? That would be
1: hard. It's also a little hard to stop, right? Like if I wrap yeah. my arm around grab your head, a finger might go in your ear. It's no one's really going to be like, "Hey, stop it." But if I <laughs> if I make it look very intentional, I guess the referee might stop it. Yeah. yeah this I'm is fair. all this is all the the person that's making sure these rules are followed, Elbury, is the referee. Of course, yeah. So so there's one person looking at two people fucking going at it and and you you know, you you got to be very quick. You got to be very very calm. You have to be able to control these people. Um, so sometimes fouls happen. They get by, right?
2: Yeah. Like at so no,
1: Yeah. Number five: no hair pulling. So okay. that that takes care of that because yeah, in the first UFCs, people would grab people would grab. Hoist Gracie grabbed Chemo's ponytail and pulled strands of chunks of hair out of his fucking head. <laughs>
2: Crazy, wow. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Um, so number six is a rule that you guys talked about last week. Um, uh, I'm just going to clarify. Yeah, uh, please. So last week you guys were talking about slamming, right? Yes. So there's a difference between slamming and spiking. Yes. So slamming is legal, LB. So I can pick okay. someone up and gorilla press them and just boom, throw them on their back, right. slam them, right? Like I can straight up suplex people. That's that's okay. What's not okay is, co- is something called spiking. The difference between slamming and spiking is when I pick you up and I drop you specifically on your head and neck. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, if you are in control of your body, I'm able to do that. Right. And and you fell that way because you let it happen. If you're not in control of your body, I cannot do that because it's called a spike. It's considered a spike. Right. So, for example, if I take if I if I pile drive you. If I hold your body and I straight up pile drive you, drop you right on your head, Owen Hart style. Boom, that's a spike. Super yeah, yeah. illegal cuz it's very dangerous.
2: Oh yeah, doing that for yeah. real is is not something I yeah. I recommend on the <laughs> Fan Fight podcast. Yeah. 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 But
1: but you're not in control of your body. Right. You know, I'm picking you up, I'm holding your body and I'm dropping you on your head. You're not in control of your body, therefore it's an illegal action by me. Um I could get disqualified, right?
0: Gotcha.
1: So a slam is I'll pick you up and I'll throw you on the floor. So now some situations happen, like, for example, um, Danielle jumps on. uh, So for the jujitsu people, MMA people will say, like, you have me in a triangle choke. Yeah. Right. For the non-MMA people, let's say Danielle is trying to choke me by wrapping her legs around my, my neck. Yeah. Right. And I pick her up into the into the sky. Right. Yeah. And then I drop her and she lands on her head. Or I throw myself down and she lands on her head. If you think about it, she's holding on to me.
2: Okay. Right.
1: So when I pick her up, she had the chance to let go of the choke and recoup right. her, her balance. Right. That's a case where slamming someone on your head is legal.
0: And that's similar to what happened with Rose and Jessica Andrade because she had yes. that – She had a grip on her ri- I forget it. Again, yeah. I I'm going on memory from watching that the first time because I've not rewatched that, but she had a grip that was considered that case as I understand it, right?
1: The, the, yeah, that's right. So in that particular okay. fight LB there's two uh, women fighters, Rose and Jessica, and Rose was attacking Jessica's arm. She had a Kimura grip or a double wrist lock yeah. mm-hmm. in wrestling. So she was Rose was holding on to Jessica's arm trying to manipulate it to, you know, submit her. And what Jessica did was grab her with the other arm, lift her into the sky, turn her upside down, and then, boom, dropped her right on her fucking head. Yeah. During this action, Rose could have let go of the arm to try to adjust herself, but she held on to that Kimura grip, Danielle, and yeah. got slammed on her head, completely knocked out. Yeah. Um, but so that was a different, that, that, that's a great, great example of a spike versus a slam.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, it. Gotcha, gotcha, Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank so, you. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah, my my understanding of that one was a little fuzzy. I was like, I know there's a rule that it was okay because of something. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's
1: perfect. <laughs> um, all right. Number seven: Strikes to the spine or the back of the head. Yes. So I can't punch or kick you or elbow you or knee you in the direct center of your back, anywhere where your spine is. Okay. So anytime that we're in a fight in the locker room in the back, the referees go all over all the rules in front of all the coaches and fighters, yeah. and they tell you you have the spine. Two inches to the left, two inches to the right. Don't fucking touch that area. Don't hit it.
2: Yeah, okay. So I can't that's- hit
1: you down this this spine. That includes the tailbone, nice. um, and the back of the head, which is if you take your your open hand and just pat the back of your head, like the back of the mohawk. If you imagine a mohawk, okay,
2: yeah.
1: Um, you know the back part of the head. That's called the back of the head. Okay. So this, the referees are very specific when we're fighting. Uh, they always told us, like, if, you, if you're punching someone and they turn their head quickly and your punch lands on the back of the head, that's kind of their fault. Yeah. Okay. But if they turn their head and then you throw the punch, that's your fault. Yeah. And they allow you to hit the back of the head as long as your glove kind of touches their ear. If your glove touches the ear, they consider that Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if
2: you have really big hands, yeah. you are at an then,
1: advantage there. Uh, yeah, unless you're fighting someone with a really big head. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, all right, number eight, no throat strikes or grabbing <laughs> of the trachea. So I can't, like, Vader choke you right. and stick my fingers in your trachea. I can hold your neck if I hold your neck completely, but I can't thro- hold your trachea. Mm-hmm. And I can't, like, karate chop your trachea or, like, finger strike your trachea. Yeah,
2: no Tomohiro Ishi like, throat chops.
1: No. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is a new rule that, that is part of the unified rules that came out in 2017, which is no, I can't stretch my fingers out and point them at you.
0: Yeah. yeah. Really?
1: So, yeah. So what happens very often in MMA because we have fingerless gloves is that someone gets poked in the eye.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Which is a big no-no, All right. So it happens a lot. Mostly the referee will stop the fight. They'll give the person five minutes to rest, you know, be, to, to just check your eye, to rest. And then if – I've never really seen it happen, but um, if you do it intentionally or if you do it too many times accidentally, the referee will deduct points from you, so you'll yeah. suffer, you know? If yeah. you poke someone in the eye. So I can stick my finger... Look, I want you to picture you're standing in front of someone and have you, you have your arm stretched out. So from your shoulder to your wrist is completely pointed at that person. And your fingers are pointed at their face. That action alone is illegal, even if you're on opposite sides of the cage. That's illegal. It's a foul. I can either close my fist... So my fingers are not pointing at you or I can put my palm towards you. So my fingers are pointing straight up. That's acceptable. Okay. Right. So as you know, like when you're boxing or when you're kickboxing, sometimes in order to create distance, you kind of post with your hand. So you stick your hand out to like get it in between and you move your bodies away. When I stick my fingers out, that's no bueno. So I can stick my fingers. I can point my fingers towards you as long as I'm not sticking my, my arm straight at you, you know? It's not illegal to have your hand open. So you got to be careful with that.
2: I have, like, such a pro-wrestling brain that, that like, oh, yeah, the distance between two people didn't even occur to me. I'm like, how are you supposed to taunt them if you can't point at them? Yeah. (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Yeah. like, really limits being a dick to somebody. Okay, but that makes makes perfect sense to me, why you would actually want to do that, like, strategically, and why you can't. Got it. So
1: I always, always think of Ric Flair... Cause he would like just straight up look at someone and then just boop right in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Just very very, 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 uh, very outright pokes, punk, pokes people in the in the eyes. Um, but actually, let's come back to taunting because that's surprisingly a rule later on. What? Yeah.
2: That sucks. Okay. Yeah. All
1: right. Number ten: No downward striking elbow. So the twelve to six elbow is illegal. Got it. Right, regardless of where, where. I am what position I am. Where, where where I throw it at, I can't throw twelve to six. Yeah. Okay, that's that's viewed as like the dumbest rule because it's no <laughs> less dangerous. It's no more dangerous than any other elbow, right? You know, I, I can LB, You you could be standing. Let's say that I punch you in the stomach and you bend over forward. I can with both arms grab the back of your head and throw it down towards my knee as I slam my knee up into your nose and just completely crush your face. That's okay. <laughs> But the 12 to 6 elbow is not.
2: <laughs> no. Except yeah. in um, New York, right? Where you can't have knees to head? Oh, that's amateur.
1: Oh, yes. amateur. Okay. Yeah, I was are like, all what? Yeah.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. So,
1: 11, no groin tax. You can't hit anybody in the groin. Yep, Makes sense. All right. Number 12, this is in, in the United States and uh, Brazil, but it's not in Japan. So, you can't knee or kick a grounded opponent. So, when someone is standing up right if i 'm on my the, the the soles of my two feet if i 'm standing up i 'm considered a standing opponent right i 'm standing yeah. if if a body part is on the floor, so like if I fall down to my knees i 'm grounded right right if i 'm on my feet and both of my hands are on the floor like i 'm on all fours i 'm grounded if i 'm sitting on my butt i 'm grounded if i 'm laying on my flo on the back i 'm grounded yeah. Uh, The only exception is if I'm standing up, Danielle, on my feet and I have one hand on the floor, almost like a tripod. Yeah. The unified rules say that I'm standing. Okay. So some Uh states, here's where it varies, some states agree with that and some states don't agree with that.
0: Oh, God. That must be so confusing for (laughs) fighters who are like, okay, we're in uh, New York today and then, you know, in six months we're going to be in Nevada Shit, like Ex- exactly,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. like, in, in um, for the MMA Jiu Jitsu people, if you're like in a snap down position, right, and I'm tripoded, one hand is on the floor, I can get kneed in the head because I'm God, yeah. s- technically standing, right? Um,
0: right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so wild. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, if I'm grounded, if I'm grounded, I, I, uh, I cannot get kicked or kneed in the head. So, LB, well, that, L- that good. Yeah, that prevents me from like, Laying down on the floor and then you soccer kicking me. Boom. Right. Kicking a field goal to my head. Yeah. Um, uh, which isn't practical, right? Like it's not real, but you can imagine someone on the floor right next to the cage. So I don't have anywhere to scooch over. Mm-hmm. And then someone standing over me fucking kicking my head. Right. So pretty dangerous. Um, pretty dangerous, but you know, not as dangerous as some of the other things we talked about right. that we're right. allowed to do. All right. Number 13. No stomping. A grounded fighter. Okay. So if I'm sure. down, if I'm in my grounded position, you can't lift your foot straight up and then stomp straight down. Right? That's and any part end. of my body. So if I'm on the floor, you can't fucking stomp my ankles or my feet or my, my, my stomach. Um, uh, you can stomp me if I'm standing. So, Danielle, what happens oftentimes when people go into clinches or 50-50 locks, like, they'll stomp yeah. each other's feet. Right. That's fine because I'm not grounded. Gotcha, gotcha, you know, gotcha. So okay. like uh LB, let's say that we're fighting and we, we're holding onto each other's upper body mm-hmm. and I just straight up stomp on your toes. That's cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, yeah, no problem there. Um so number fourteen, I can't hold on to my opponent's gloves or shorts. Sure. Right? Um but I can hold on to my own shorts. That's so that's if you allowed. wrap
0: around, you can grab onto your own shorts. Yeah. yeah like yeah. around their body. Okay. Around their if you're going for like a a single leg or something. You could wrap around your own shorts if you want. Yeah,
1: to. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. If I have, if, yeah. But, but like, you know, clothing stretches, so it's not as right. practical, but uh, it's, it's legal. No, Number 15, uh, no grabbing or holding the fence with my fingers or my toes. Okay. Yes. So, right? so I wondering about that fence. my
2: first fight I watched.
1: Yeah. I can't, yes. so sometimes people are like laying on the floor, they're next to the cage, and they put their foot into the cage, and they're using their toes to kind of grip it. Mm-hmm. That's not allowed. Yeah. Mm-mm. Or like, let's say we have you by the cage, LB, and I picked you up into the into the air. I'm about to slam you. You hold on to the cage to kind of prevent me from throwing you on the floor. That's a foul. Okay. Yeah. All right. Number sixteen: No small joint manipulation. And oh what yes. That, yeah. What that means is that I, I just can't I can't grab your fingers and like twist them or your toes. Right. So that's it. Fingers and toes. I can't grab your fingers. Gonna so tell
0: Vicky about this one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Vicky <laughs> has totally done this to me before and I'm like, you can't do that.
1: <laughs> so yes and no. Let's say LB, uh, Danielle has a grip of my arm and she's about to break it and I want her to let go of me. I can't grab her pinky finger, for example, and like twist it and break her finger.
2: <laughs> right. What happens if you do that though? Uh
1: it's Are a you foul. just like
2: it's a foul, it's not a disqualification. It's just it, if a foul you get, like, is a bad. point. It
1: depends on the the referee's discretion. Okay. So if it's so, if a foul results in me not able, not being able to continue the fight, they will disqualify you. Okay, got it. So if you poke me in the eye and I say I can't see, I can't see, the ref is going to be like, well, if you can't see, it's not safe for you to fight. Therefore, the right. fight is over. Therefore, you win by disqualification. So if you grab my pinky and you break my fucking pinky and I say my pinky's broken, I can't fight. You you lose. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Danielle, I can I can get out of submissions or locks if I hold the majority of your fingers. So I have to grab three fingers. Right. So I can if you have a grip on my on my wrist, for example, I can grab your fingers like a bunch of straws and peel them off that way. Right. As long as I grab three or more fingers.
0: You can't just take my index finger. Again, I'm, I'm taking notes here uh, for Vicky. Just uh, No. So for I'm competition. Just, just fl- I, you know, I'm just yeah. throwing them under the bus right here. But yeah. So
1: for, for competitive <laughs> grappling, Vicky is considered very naughty. Yeah.
0: It's true. Same, true. same
1: rules. All right. Number 17. <laughs> no throwing an opponent out of the ring or the cage.
0: <laughs> they had okay. to add that for Tank Abbott, yeah. right? That's right. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, 18, no intentionally placing a finger into an orifice kay. or a cut or a laceration, that's illegal. Okay. So, what that happens often, often, but yeah, is like <laughs> people get their faces ripped open because, you know, you get your fists and shins slammed against it. So, if, if you're cut above your eyebrow and I start ripping that eyebrow open with my fingers, you're going to bleed mm-hmm.
2: more. Right, and of course. Oh.
1: When there's too much bleeding, a doctor will come into the cage assess you and say no there's too much blood like the blood is flowing into your eyes it's not safe for you to fight you you lose because of that yeah because you lost because you can't contain the blood within your own body essentially right huh. so if you cut if you get cut let's say i elbow you in the face and you have a gash across your forehead i can't stick my fingers or 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 body parts to try to rip it open
2: yeah what Great. a lot of
1: fighters do is that they target that that, that injury and they of start course. punching it so I can punch it. If, if you're cut above your eyebrow, I can keep punching that same eye to try to rip it open even more. Cause that's a way for me to win. Yeah. Uh, number 19, you can't claw pinch or twist the flesh. So okay. I can't grab your skin and, and, you know, <laughs> injure you that way. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so the last seven, the last eight rules are the, uh, um, n- n- my actions, but not so much my actions towards you, so uh, I can't be timid, which means what? I can't avoid the, okay. the fight so,
2: so you can't like um, climb out of the cage.
1: No, I can't <laughs> climb out of the cage. That was I one of my questions. Okay. I can't yeah. straight up like play, tag your it, and run away. Yeah. you know so let's say so an, an amateur uh, a professional MMA round fight is three rounds. Yeah. let's say and and it's the majority if I beat you up for two rounds and you beat me up in the last round, I win because it's still two to one, right? Right. Right. So if I won two rounds and I'm like, you know what? I don't want to fucking get hurt anymore. I'm just going to like run away and try to avoid all contact with you and just run for five minutes. I I would get fouled. I would get disqualified because I'm avoiding the fight. Yeah. Avoiding the fight can mean something like you spit your mouth guard out because the referee will stop to put your mouth guard back in. Right. Um, you know, I fake an injury like, oh, he he kicked me in the groin. And then they, they review the footage and it's like, no, he did not
2: Yeah.
1: You know, you're faking it. That's a foul. Um, so I have to keep the fight going. OK. Yeah. All right. All right. Number 21. I can't use abusive language. OK. So what? So that's like I can't shit talk to you. I can't taunt you and say, fuck you. What are you going to do? Do something. <laughs> yeah. This this rule that I've I've I don't know. I, I've never seen it enforced. Like, right. there are they're guys who, who that's their brand, is shit-talkers. Yeah. You know, yeah. as they're beating you up, they're fucking shit-talking you.
0: Yeah.
2: You know? What if you, like, whisper it? Well, I mean, I guess that sounds like they don't enforce it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, but like, he like, you is know,
0: always talking. I don't yeah. know if he's always shit-talking, because he no, doesn't oh, seem he's, like. He's shit-talking
2: like, in a calm way.
0: Yeah, he's, like, Definitely a very, like a very calm, like, okay, bring it. Or he's talking to, like, the ref,
1: or he's talking to, like, his corner. He's just he, always talking. He, he talks
0: to Dana White. Yeah.
1: From the, from the the So he's on top yep. of fighting. So, LB, you got to think, like, the UFC is the top level for all professional fighting in the world, right? Khabib Nurmagomedov is the champion of one of the hardest divisions. He is one of the few fighters that is undefeated, right? So he's... Okay. Again, considered the best of the best in his in his weight class and weight classes around him. He gets people who are classified as world title contenders, throws them on the fucking floor, lays on top of them, punches the shit out of them. And the whole time he's talking to his corner. He's talking to Dana White. He's talking to like he's talking to the guy. He's like, you must give up. You know yeah. this. You cannot win. Yeah. You cannot win. I mean,
2: that's the vibe. That's definitely the, that's what yeah. I assumed he was saying yeah. when we were watched, he, when we watched one of his fights. I'm like, what's he saying? Is he just like very calmly telling them yeah. they can't do it? But
1: yeah. yeah. He, he was fighting. He was trying to get a fight with Conor McGregor, Danielle. So he was fighting yeah. another person talking to Dana White. He was like, where is your boy? Give me your boy. As he's punching <laughs> the shit out of somebody else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, an technically it's not a rule. It's just not really enforced. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, number twenty-two, you cannot disregard the referee's instructions, yeah. right? That's a little obvious. Number three, no sportsmanlike, unsportsmanlike conduct that causes injury to an opponent. So, yeah, this is uh, an example of this. Was uh, is a regional fight where um, one guy had beat up another guy, right? The referee yeah. was like, "Okay, f- done. The fight is over." So the guy who won, the the, the guy who lost, is laying on the floor. The guy who won st- stands on his stomach and does a backflip. Oh, uh, sorry, it, he okay. does a front flip and he like lands on his butt, but on top of the guy.
0: Oh my god! So,
1: so after you beat a guy in an MMA match, he stood on him and did a front flip and like belly like did the yokozuna drop on him. Yeah, um, <laughs> I
2: mean that like that's so, some yeah. real dickhead behavior that yeah. is, is making it, me laugh thinking about yeah. it. It's yeah, I get why behavior. that's a rule.
0: So, so when Jorge Masvidal beat Ben Askren and then did his, like, kind of he, mocking routine there, yeah. he probably could have been called up for that,
1: right? Uh, you know, if he if he hit Ben Askren, then yeah.
0: That would have been considered it? Okay, gotcha. Yeah.
1: So gotcha. so this fight that I've referenced, it's a regional fight. Um, the guy yeah. who won immediately got disqualified. So okay. he was like, okay, now you lose. he I mean, probably now should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, when guys get knocked out, at least sometimes like if there's bad animosity, the 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 guy who won will get right into the other guy's unconscious face and be like fucking just yelling and shit talking like ah now what motherfucker? And you know you you just got knocked out, so you're you're not all there, right? Yeah. Um, so y- people get in other people's faces and start shit talking. They don't hit them because that will most definitely get you disqualified. But the referees come in and the officials come in and just separate you. Yeah. Got it. Um, number 24, there's no attacking an opponent after the bell has sounded at the end of the period. So yeah. okay. uh, you have – the bell will ring. The referee will say fight. You start fighting. Um, the You have five minutes to fight until the round is over. When the bell rings, the referee will say stop. If you hit your opponent after that, you can be fouled or disqualified if it's bad enough. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Boundaries. attacking yeah, 25, attacking an opponent on or during the break. So what happens mm. in, in between rounds is that everyone goes to the opposite sides of the cage and their corners come in and they give them like quick um, tips or coaching tips. You know, they, they, they try to like, okay, like try to recover their breath. There's a cutman that tries to deal with injury. So like if I'm bleeding, the cutman will try to like patch me up as fast as they can. Of course, yeah. yeah. You know, if you were to run across the cage at that point and start attacking me, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Um, number 26, there's no attacking an opponent Opponent who is under the care of the referee. So, okay. for example, if I get poked in the eye and the referee is looking at me and he's, like, testing my vision or, the, or you know, taking care of me in one way or the other, if you come and hit me at that point. So, it's not in between rounds. So, it's right. a different rule. Still, Still illegal. Yeah. And then the other one is you can't have interference from... From the outside. So my coaches won't be able to, like, um, jump into the cage and start yeah. fighting with me. Right. Uh, they can't, like, um, they can't throw a water bottle,
2: you know. <laughs> a tomato. They, like, yeah.
1: weapons. No, yeah. they can't. Can yeah, they, they fight each
2: other outside of the cage? It happens, but technically, no. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: But, no, if, if a fight breaks yeah. out, they're on opposite si- sides of the cage. But if a, break, if a fight breaks out... It will probably end the fight because you can't distract the referee. If I'm okay. the, if I'm if I'm in the corner, if I'm cornering a fighter, and and uh, I you know and this happens a lot in pro wrestling where the the manager or the valet they'll distract the referee, course, and while yeah. the referee turn his back, you know the steel chair comes out. That that's actually illegal. <laughs> so you can't distract the referee as as a cornerman or as anybody.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it. Those are the rules. Can
2: you so you can can you like touch the referee if you're
1: fighting? You can if it's a non in a non aggressive manner. Yeah, but like like
0: high five them.
1: Yeah, but not during the round. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like when the bell rings, you better believe that that person is trying to separate you from consciousness. You know they're
0: they're
1: they're trying to end you, end you from fighting. Right. Um, So it wouldn't be the best time to like high five a referee when someone's (laughs) like yeah. yeah.
2: Um, right. Plus you know but you, you can't you gotta, attack the referee.
1: No. So what happens sometimes is like a fighter will you got to understand you have been training for months to beat one person. Not just that, but like the pay structure in the UFC for the majority of the fighters is 50-50. So you get half of your money when when you show up to fight and then you'll get your other half if you win. Right. So so if I get $5,000 to show up, $5,000 to win. If the referee says, "Okay, you're disqualified," that's basically half my income.
2: Right. They're yeah,
0: going to be
1: upset, and you're in, in fight your
0: management and your to- coaches and yeah. all that too. Yeah.
1: So it does happen where a fighter will shove a referee. Um, in which case, the athletic commission for that state will most likely fine and suspend them. Okay. Um, sometimes people are kicked out of the UFC. You know, for the most part, everybody's a professional. Yeah. But it does happen. People do get upset. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's true.
2: Yeah. That's, and oh, that, man. Those are yeah. my main two questions was, can you like, what happens if you shove a referee and can you climb out of the cage? Those were my like yeah. my <laughs> no, main rule questions.
1: Both of those will let you, will get you disqualified. And
2: disqualification, it impacts you a lot because it goes on your fight record as a loss. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then people, yeah. I mean, if you get disqualified, are, people, are they like, I mean, I know you can definitely get in like the UFC's bad book and they won't give you as many fights. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's a
1: fighter called Paul Daly, who is, a, he's an English fighter and he mm-hmm. was fighting another, an American fighter called Josh Koscheck. And Josh Koscheck is one of these guys who's like a shit talker. Yeah. You know, so he just ridiculed Daly and shit talked him, and like, you basically an, a way to anger your opponent so that they use their anger. They're not thinking clearly during the fight. So Koscheck beat Paul Daly. Not only did he shit talk him, but when the fight came and the fight happened, he won. Yeah. So Paul Daly got angry, and after the fight was over, went up to Koscheck and punched him. It wasn't like a heavy punch because the referees were there. So he was able to get in the way before anything really happened. Yeah. But he still punched him and kind of hit him. And Paul Daly got kicked out of the UFC. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
1: it, it definitely happens. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's so wild. I mean, yeah. I, I I believe it like 100%. <laughs> it's uh, it seems that seems like something that absolutely would happen sometimes. It's so interesting and and, and weird to me. Like. So any sport, when you're on this level, right, when you're at the very, very highest, at the very, very best, those tiny variations in rule sets, those tiny variations in what you can do and what you can't do, really just define a lot of, like, the flow of a sport.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's just such yeah. a general
0: note, but, like, just watching and, and understanding how the rules have evolved over time makes so much sense, and it, and it's been fascinating. Like I just love that it's like, oh, this is no holds barred fighting. That's what it used to be called, right? Like no yeah. holds barred, NHB. And then now it's this like very professional sport. Uh for you know, for the most part. Like we can talk about Dana White and how much he's like threatening COVID with his ego right now, kind of thing. And like that's not the most professional thing. But like yeah. the sport itself is a very professional sport now. Like people go into this, they, you know, they train their whole lives for it. they you know, hopefully have a career in it. Um, and it's treated like that. It's not treated like, oh, this is just the thing you do if you can't do anything else, right? Like where maybe it attracted a, a different sort of set of people at, at other times in, in its existence. Now it's like, oh, these are this is for professional athletes, right? Like pros of the pros. Y- yeah, so it's, 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 it's fascinating.
1: treated it's treated very differently now than it was in its inception and even something like um ten years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember when I was younger. Before I started MMA, I was um, I used to do karate, and yeah. um, I remember the leader of that karate group, the sensei, would refer to UFC, and he was like, "That's not fighting. That's just mm. barbaric," you know.
0: Yeah, it's
1: just like guys rolling around on the floor, street fighting. That's not real martial arts. And yeah. well, I mean, again, there's a difference between combat fighting. Like combat training, fighting, and there's and martial arts, two different yeah. things. Um, yeah. So when you're training martial arts, you're definitely not training fighting.
0: Right. I'm trying to remember so, when UFC so first
2: got on my radar. I remember like hearing somebody say they were going to like train in MMA and being like, that seems really dangerous. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, th- I may think that now if somebody was like, yeah, I'm just going to train in MMA. And so I don't know, because it is still fighting and fighting yeah. is dangerous.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah. and a big, big, big difference between training and competing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yes. you can train like, um, let's think of, uh, you know what CKO is mm-hmm. or like rumble? It's like these cardio kickboxing gyms. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So you, you get your gloves on and then you have a, a bag and then, you know, a fitness instructor runs a fitness class where you're punching and kicking this bag. Right. right very different from a fight gym that yeah. like like our gym for example where where okay we're doing our movements and our and our combinations and our exercises and okay now let's spar yeah so it's very different to when you're hitting a bag and when you're standing in front of a person who who's hitting you back right yeah and you can train MMA without competing it so you don't necessarily have to do cage fighting to, to do it to do it right a lot of people do it because it's a number one it's a fun sport number two it's a just a physical activity a way for them to get in shape
0: and there's and, a community too at a oh, gym like definitely. there's like especially our gym like i'll 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 say it like and I'm gonna absolutely have you plug uh, the gym at the end but like one of the reasons I actually changed gyms like which is a really kind of hard and it's just a very difficult decision to do because it's like you're spending so many hours of your life with these people um, You know, I, I prefer having a gym where people are really friendly and, like, treat each other with a lot of respect. And, like, our gym is, like, a super welcoming environment for queer people and gender nonconforming people. And, you know, just like – it's just like a very warm and positive atmosphere, which is the opposite of maybe what a lot of people think of when they think of an MMA gym. They might think, like, a super broy, you know, maybe even, like, an aggressive kind of space. And it's like – yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, it can be like welcoming and serious about the sport, you know. So. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and you know, like not to say that bros aren't welcome at our gym because no, the dragon, yeah. Of course, yeah, the dragon is Lots there. Bros. So yeah. yeah. The
0: dragon is there. She's she's the broest of us all. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just so y'all know who I'm talking about, the dragon is our, our good friend, uh Ashley. She's a purple belt. She is f- I think like 411? Maybe? Yeah, she's
1: 411. 100 4'11", pounds. 411
0: like 100 pounds soaking wet and genuinely a fucking beast like a beast yeah. uh and like one of the active mma fighters at our gym is also like a very tiny woman katie yeah. is very very small she fights at 105 so like yeah yeah
1: she she walks Beasts. around yeah
0: yeah um <laughs> so yeah um Jaime, thank you so so much uh for being here lb thank you for letting us do an mma centric episode
2: I am so happy to do it. I have one more question. Oh, yeah, please. Why is it an octagon? Oh.
1: Uh, All right. Just because it's cool? Yeah. So when they just by happenstance, so they um, octagon is actually trademarked by the UFC. Okay. So when when they they wanted to make like a a cool looking like uh, underground boxing ring in a way. Right. Um, just a little platform for the fighters to compete in. So they, they did the chain link fence. Um, and, you know, just it happened to be eight sides, right? That's it. But, That's that, okay. the, yeah, but, but the term, the octagon, became popular. So the UFC trademarked it. So if you <laughs> watch, really? you, yeah, if you watch UFC fights, they are in an octagon. So they're in an eight-sided cage. When you watch other companies, it's not eight sides. It's six sides. Right. Some of them, the some of them are like a Bellator does, like a circle, you know. So sure, it's like a sure. circle. Yeah, um, yeah a hexagon. So, so only the UFC has the octagon, which is an eight-sided cage. Got it. Okay. Yeah.
0: <sighs> Incredible.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I
0: mean, that's such a fucking UFC thing to say. Too. Well, we gotta hold no, up for the trademarked them
2: it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's. I mean, that, that I, I completely understand that they. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I get.
0: I get that one. I do get that one. Yeah. But.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they'll trademark moat alligator octagon.
0: Soon. <laughs> oh man! Yeah.
1: Maybe in the future. Maybe after this quarantine period is over, people will just be ready. They'll be ready for something yeah. as crazy as that. Or I'm think.
2: Or the yeah. o- no audience, just alligators. Oh. Right. Uh, right. Oh, alligators <laughs> in the audience. That's the audience. <laughs>
1: And then the way you win is Royal Rumble style. You get thrown out and then you got to fight the alligators.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be so...
2: Oh, my I God. I love this. Ugh. Yeah. Can we, like, you know hack, uh, like, of some fighting game and, like, get this yes. set up
0: in there? <laughs> Somehow, Heck. some way?
2: Um
1: I'm I'm gonna do do so I I didn't mention the name of the gym, Danielle, but our our gym in Brooklyn is called Chop and Chops MMA. Chop and Chops MMA. Um like
0: karate chop. Chop and chop.
1: Chop and chops. Yeah. Um but maybe we should do like a chop and chops ultimate fighting tournament ourselves. Where like people from yeah, people from the gym will meet up at the gym and whoever loses gets thrown into the street. (laughs) <laughs> and they have to, like, go and recover toilet paper and Lysol wipes.
0: <laughs> I think it's a great idea, actually. I love just, this idea. It's like the King of the Hill sparring sessions, but when you're out, you got to do some fucking errands to get back in. Yeah. You know, to, like, to, like, be in the good graces of everybody who just beat you, yeah. you know?
2: <laughs> Maybe there's, like, one inflatable alligator, just, Right, you know, just, like, just for the, look. the
0: gatekeeper, you know, like, it's hanging out at the front door, like here it is. Don't piss off this alligator, because you yeah. know what's gonna happen.
1: The champion can have like a crocodile skin belt or something.
0: Yes! Oh, be yes! so cool. Or or a
2: crocodile skin mask.
0: Yes, that too. Yeah. Yes. Maybe both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: very excited for this.
0: Oh my god, LB, if you're ever in town, you should you should come through and uh and hang out with us. You know, when all this is over, come come to the gym. I will swing we, all, by. we have a crash pad now. That's oh, right, yeah. we got that right before, it. not we, sorry, I'm acting like it's my gym. No, it's we. <laughs> the gym got it, you know?
1: It's we, the The gym is a community gym, so anything in there yeah. is for everyone to use, right?
0: Hell yeah. But right, yeah, we like got that.
1: a crash pad, which is like a, a, a very thick mat that we use to like practice suplexes and throwing each other on it. Yup. So it doesn't hurt as much, yes. but I can't wait. Danielle, unfortunately, um, our grappling tournaments for the rest of the year have been canceled. I know, but, uh, I know. That just means that we're having even more time to come up with a game plan for the next one.
0: Yeah, I think I, I mentioned this in a recent podcast, but like when I'm running, so I've been working out a lot. I always do. But like now when I've been running on my treadmill, I like picture all the like women blue belts. I know that are around my size and I'm picturing them and I'm like, all right, how would I win? You know, if we could I'm not like fantasizing about killing them or, you know, anything super dark or gross. It's more just like, all right. This is why I'm running on these hills. Like, I got I to gotta get this girl next time kind of thing.
1: <laughs> of course. Of course. Uh, visualization. Friendly
0: competition, you know, but yeah. Yes. Vi- visualization
1: <laughs> is like one of the key, key things uh, for, for victory. Yeah. You, you, you cannot, you know, LB, if you can't see yourself as a winner, how, how can you expect to win? Yeah. You know, even, I mean, in, yeah. even in your own mind, you're inside of, you're inside of the, you know, WrestleMania ring. With an empty audience. Are they still yeah. doing it, by the way?
2: Yeah, they're doing it at their God. little Planet Fitness that they I have. S- I saw. They have a
0: Planet Fitness.
2: Well, it's not a Planet Fitness, but it's like their own gym. It's their training yeah. facility, and okay, it, okay, but okay. we are gotcha. all are referring to it as a Planet Fitness.
0: Okay, so, yeah. I, I just adore I, I, that.
1: I was watching <laughs> some of the clips of like the RAWs that have been taped with no audience. So fucking and, weird, and it's pretty cringy. It makes me uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. So uh, like, the the
1: Stone Cold
2: thing that they did was actually very good. Yeah. I think they have, like, one person who works at WWE who, like, is familiar with, like, the Eric Andre like style of, like, production and comedy, who, like, yeah. they, like, he, like, ran in and was like, no, we're gonna do, like, an Eric Andre style Stone Cold segment. And so that yeah. was really funny, but, yeah, it's been very, oh. very, very odd. And Kobe, uncomfortable. I have,
1: I have, a, I have a, um, a request okay. for you. So, Uh, So just to give you my background in professional wrestling, when I was a kid, professional wrestling was my fucking life. Me and my brother Umberto would body slam uh, each other on the sofa, on the (laughs) bed. We would have, like, fake matches with each other. Of course. Um, You know, I was always, always into Bret Hart until about puberty, in which case I was, like, all about Shawn Michaels. that makes sense? Um, You know, actually, so my fight name in MMA was Heartbreak Jaime, and that's because... Cause, yeah. cause I, it would be abbreviated HBJ to, to, <laughs> so to go cute. after to go after HBK. Of course, and, yeah. and like and like uh, you know, my fight shorts had like broken hearts on them. Um, yeah. You know, I would always like play up that like uh, Playboy. Of course, character. we gotta get you the,
2: like the little mirrors for like
1: an entrance code. Yeah. Oh man. And, uh, you know, it's to, to the point that it became so associated with me the the heartbreak thing that like the logo of our gym is an avocado, but the pit is a broken heart.
2: That, yeah. I love that. has oh got Yeah.
1: Danielle's got to yeah. send you a picture, but anyway, that's, that's where that came from. The uh, heartbreak hit So, so, um, you know, I watched it up until I got to college. Um, and at that point was like around 2000. So this was when, uh. The WWF had bought out WCW and they were reintroducing the NWO and WrestleMania where The Rock fought Hulk Hogan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was the last yeah. WrestleMania that I watched. Um, and I, I kind of got out of it at that point. But, you know, I have a friend, Wilberto, who who keeps watching it. And he keeps sending me clips of this kid called Orange Cassidy. And
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: you, you have to fucking make Daniel watch an Orange Cassidy match and talk okay. about okay. that because he is... Like like pumping life into fucking w, into, uh, pro wrestling. I, I don't, it, it, he's fucking great. That guy, he <laughs> is. We should do some Orange Cassidy uh, videos at the gym, Danielle.
2: Yes. It's
1: fucking great. I love great. that idea. I wish there I was like it. an Orange Cassidy MMA fighter. Oh,
2: but shit. He's this is fucking great. This, oh. you have to understand, like, the big all these people hate him because they're like he makes wrestling seem fake. He like people who are into real sports now. Okay, they don't want this this like this comedy yeah. garbage. And the fact that you who fell out of wrestling and are the realest are such a real sports person. You yeah. do real fighting or like no? Orange Cassidy's the guy. Yes, Thindicate. yes. I not you. Suck on that, Jim Cornette. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> Orange don't, Cassidy. I haven't
1: watched wrestling in twenty years, but. That guy, I watch his clips. I watch his clips.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, he fucking Orange. goes. Cassidy. I'm so, I, I love Orange Cassidy. Yeah. I, uh, he wasn't selling his shirts online for a while, and I made a friend go to Boston. <sighs> well, they were already going to Boston, but yeah. I made yeah. them buy, like, I Venmoed them money so they could buy a shirt from him in cash and mail it to me. <laughs> I have, uh, I've watched him sell merch in person. And he is yeah. so in character that he won't, like, he won't give you change. He won't, like, outstretch his arm all the way to give you change. And if you don't put your hand close enough to him, he'll just drop it on the floor. <laughs> Freshly squeezed. He's, uh, he's the man. I'm so delighted. I will absolutely. Next week, Dan. Oh, actually, well, next week we're doing, okay, maybe two weeks yeah. we'll do an Orange Cassidy thing. All right, hey, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going okay. to love him, Danielle.
0: I think I will from hearing all this. Sounds like I will enjoy that. Oh, I'm so,
2: like, healed by that. Okay. I promise you.
0: Yes. This is happening. Oh, my God. I love
2: it. Awesome, guys. (sighs) Cool.
0: Well, Jaime, I'm going to give you... uh, We're going to read the little outro stuff, and then I'm going to give you a little space to uh, tell people where they can find you uh, online and and support the gym if they want to. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to wrap up for now. We hope you enjoyed your your combat sports entertainment journey with us. Be sure to please rate and review our podcast because that really super helps us and we really appreciate that. You can listen to everything at fanbitecom slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at fanbytemedia and fanfight with an F. Instagram at fanbyte. TikTok on fanbite, And of course, fanbite.com. And you can also watch Late Lunch and we are streaming a lot lately because everybody's working from home now uh, on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. And of course, you can check out our wrestling coverage at fanbite.com wrestling. And uh, Jaime, do you want to give a little uh, a little uh, moment here to talk about where we can find you online and uh, if people want to like check out the gym and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, so you can find the gym uh, that my brother Humberto and I started uh, about a year and a half ago at on yeah. ins- on Instagram, right? So at Chop and chops MMA. Yeah. Um, Facebook as well, Chop and Chops MMA. Our website, chopandchopsmma.com. Um, and I have links to our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube channel. Um, yeah. yeah. So we're primarily... All the
0: fights. Like the people who fight at the gym have their fights up yeah. there. There's a lot of good clips. There's a lot of fun stuff. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Videos of ours, of us uh, in competitions and stuff. And, uh, you know, at the moment, so like our, our gym is primarily drop-in based, which means like I, I don't like to hold people to contracts. Yeah. Um, so if they don't, you know, if someone doesn't want to be there... I. I don't feel right continually charging them or making it difficult for them to break a contract. So,
0: And we, most gyms in New York are contract-based. Yeah. Like a two-year contract. It's like a real what? commitment to go. Yeah, yeah. It's a real commitment to go to an MMA gym in New York. Whew. Yeah. yeah so.
1: and, most, and pricey. And pricey. Yeah, very pricey. Um. So, so I don't do that. I try to make it as cheap as possible and I try to make it like drop-in-based. So, you know, if you want to come once a week, you just – Pay once a week for one class. You don't have to do, like, a month if, yeah. if you're not coming that often. Um, so because of that, at the moment, our, our gyms actually closed down, right, because of the, the, the coronavirus. Of um, so what we're doing is, like, a, a, a Zoom and Instagram live workout classes that you can do at home on your own, kind of like conditioning drills with our little Chop and Chops flare. Um, <laughs> so... Just follow us on Instagram. I put the information there, and then I, I um, put our Venmo information for people to do, like, donations and stuff. Um, yeah. Another yeah. way to to support us is to check out our website. I have a merch link where I sell, like, T-shirts, rash guards, hoodies, all the Chop and Chops branded stuff because that, that kind of helps out, too.
0: Yeah. There's some really good stuff. Like, there's the, uh, of course, the El Rey T-shirt right now, which has oh, – yeah. uh, Jaime has an adorable, adorable little pug. Uh, And like it's like a cute pug T-shirt, so that's very good. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's my baby. Yeah. So he gets his own (laughs) T-shirt. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Uh, LB. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. No, no, that's it. I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Having thank you so
0: much, Jaime.
2: I've like I have learned so much, and if I sounded (laughs) like I was, like. If I sounded quiet, it was because I was doing like a serious thinking face and putting my (laughs) arms out in very strange positions to try and like imagine hitting people with my elbow. Yeah,
0: (laughs) but I I have a much
2: better understanding now of MMA rules, and I I had a really good time too. I appreciate it.
0: It was super, super fun. I really appreciate having you here. I know, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm sort of like plugging my own gym here a little bit, but hey, like. Y'all teach me so much, you give me so much, and you know, I thought it'd be cool for you to come on and uh, give us some uh, spit some knowledge. So I really yeah. appreciate that quite Thank a bit. Thank you,
1: no problem. Anytime, anytime.
2: Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, the last order of business, of course, is just uh, where we can find the usual co hosts online. Elby, where can people find you online? Uh, right you now?
2: can find me on Twitter. I am Hunk Tears. You can find, I'm uh, not doing as much writing right now, but. When I write something again, it'll be on fanbyte.com wrestling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do stuff. All the I'm part sometimes part of all the things Danielle already mentioned with Fanbyte. And yeah. Uh, and I'm not using Instagram anymore because a bunch of people I follow have suddenly become QAnon during quarantine. Oh it's real weird. No,
0: uh, that's, no, no, no QAnon. No. No. Yeah. But let's uh,
2: 180 from that. And I was thinking. So we always yeah. do like... Like a little, like, cool move at the end of a show to, like, yeah. But I was thinking to honor HBK and the sexy boys that are present and listening, yeah. we can all definitely do real super kicks to the microphone and not just slap our thighs. Wink, yes. wink, wink. Definitely. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, uh, on three, on, on three, three, right? Very
2: real super kicks, the greatest super kick of all. Yeah. This one's for you, HBK. This
0: one's for you, HBK. One, two, three. God,
2: God, I just feel like I should have a better outfit for that though Damn, where's my zebra? My my thigh really hurts (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because of the muscle strain from the super kick you just did That makes sense That's true, I I didn't tune up the band It's my bad You gotta roll out those quads Yeah
0: (laughs) Excellent Thank y'all Oh,
2: thank you so much